When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. This is our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And as usual, I've got to tell you about Football Insider. Uh, If you want access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, if you want a daily newsletter with exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, uh, I actually wrote Wednesday's uh, Insider, and it was all about kind of comparing different quarterback eras, and I dug up some stats and all of that. And that was exclusive for Insiders. I thought it was kind of a, a cool kind of look at comparing you know, a quarterback from 2020 stats to a quarterback from 2000. And we have to be a little bit cautious doing stuff like that. Uh, anyway, that, that's something you get. And then, of course, there's also uh, our text subscription as well that, that can be included in that. And we have texters on our podcast. We take questions from our texters all the time. We do a post-game show with our texters via Zoom. They're right there with us on video. They can ask questions. They can participate. They can just hang out and listen, whatever they want to do. Uh, it's all right there in front of them. So, you know, look, for everything we offer, I think it's worth the cost. If you want to head over to cleveland.com slash browns and get more details, get yourself signed up, just click on the blue banner right at the top of the page. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great today, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well. Also joined by Scott Patsko. Scott, how are you? I'm doing good. Ready to go. All right. So we are recording this actually a little earlier than normal on a Wednesday. We're actually recording it before the Ravens Steelers game that's going to kick off here in a few minutes. So we don't have all the context in the world as as we tackle some of these questions that I'm going to throw out here. But I I wanted to maybe frame this Titans game and frame this stretch of games that the Browns have coming up uh, because I've you know, and I've been guilty of this a little bit too. And I think part of it is because I'm bored of like the Jaguars of the world and the Eagles and all of this. And the Browns are playing a real team on Sunday and it, it is a big game, but I've also seen some people throw out there that this is the biggest game like that the Browns are going to play. And again, maybe I've been guilty of that on a podcast. Maybe I threw that out flippantly, but um, I, I guess I'm wondering how big is this game really in, in your guys' minds? Let's start there. Well, you know what, first of all, uh, I, I don't think it's a, a make or break game. I oh. had I had this one, I had the Ravens and the Steelers all, you know, in the back of my mind as sort of, uh, you know, losses as they go down the stretch here. And that would still give them 10 victories and still a good chance to make the playoffs. Now, it, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs, obviously, with 10 victories. Uh, but I don't necessarily think this is a make or break game for them. Uh, Obviously, it would be help. It would be helpful to win it. Uh, it would be especially helpful if they could at least win either the Titans game or the Ravens game, in addition to the other games they have to win, uh, and kind of give themselves that little bit of a cushion. But things lined up for them well last weekend, whereby uh, the Ravens, uh, the the Ravens have kind of fallen into disarray, and the and the Colts lost, and all of those things really helped the Browns and takes just a little bit of pressure off this game. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not important for the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of the New York Times playoff simulator. It's pretty cool. You can go through and 
uh, figure out the percentages of uh, pretty much any team. You can kind of pick wins and losses, who wins each game. Anyways, uh, the Browns losing this game, if they only beat the Giants and the Jets down the stretch, they still have an 85% chance of making the playoffs, which is really good. If they beat the Titans and then beat the Giants and Jets, assuming they beat those, they're pretty much in. Like if they win the, beat the Titans, all they got to do is beat the Giants and the Jets 99%. So that's, that's what this game probably means in terms of the playoffs. Not a whole heck of a lot, but I think from a peace of mind standpoint, you want to perform good in this or perform well in this game. You don't want to go out and get shellacked like you did against the Ravens and the Steelers or else then you start to make, you know, you start thinking about, gosh, can you really compete with good teams? And so you want to avoid that kind of game. I think from that standpoint, it's important, but for not for the playoffs, although Browns fans, I think, just care how this team looks in this game, maybe more so than whether or not they win. So, you know, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, it's, I guess it's more of like a measuring stick game. I guess if we, if we want to frame it like that, it's more of a, okay, we've seen that you can beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You know, now, now what are you going to do against the Titans? We, we saw this team beat the Colts. That's been their best win. So now can you kind of one up that a little bit? The Titans are, you know, a little better than the Colts. I know, I know they beat them up pretty badly on Sunday, but you know, the Titans and Colts kind of both at their best are, are similar teams, I think. Um, so, you know, how do you kind of stack up now against Tennessee, who, as Kaderil Hodge put it, is not a super team. <laughs> and uh, he's not wrong about that. So this is a good chance to sort of see how much progress did you really make since that Raiders loss now and, and since you beat the Colts and all of that. Let's, let's see where you are heading into December, and I guess that's kind of how I view it um, in this game. Not a must win, but if you go out and lose by two scores and it looks like a two-score game or three scores and it looks like a three-score game, it's not just a couple of cheapies late, I don't think we're going to feel great about it. Yeah, you know what? I think it's matchups. You know, that's, that's the thing. It seems like uh, – you know, that's why a team that doesn't appear that it could possibly beat another football team uh, and does, a lot of times it comes down to certain matchups on that team. And I feel like uh, the, the Titans offensive line is a little bit vulnerable right now to a Miles Garrett coming back and wanting to really uh, prove himself and change the game and Taylor Lewan being out and them being down to their third string left tackle. I think they're a little bit vulnerable along their offensive line, but also, uh, you know, I think that Derrick Henry will, you know, they'll try to run him a lot and make up for it that way. And then the matchup of the Browns defense versus Derrick Henry. Uh, I think that's a challenging one from the Browns standpoint. And, uh, and so it's just a, a matter of kind of who, who wins, uh, who wins that battle. And I don't know, I guess the way that I see it right now is uh, I feel like Derrick Henry is going to be a lot for them to handle. Uh, coupled with Brian Tannehill having a good season. And then you're talking about, you know, Ronnie Harrison being out and Denzel Ward being out. So I feel like there are some things that the Titans are going to be able to do against this Browns defense. Yeah, this, this is a really bad matchup for the Browns defense overall. I mean, you're taking Ward and Harrison out of the equation, are pretty much your two best secondary players. You're left with some depth that has a hard time tackling, has a hard time covering has a hard time keeping people from gaining lots of yards after the catch, which is something AJ Brown is like leading the league in. Um, so yeah, it's a rough matchup and we're not even talking about Derrick Henry and we've seen the issues the Browns have had stopping the run at times this year. So uh, if the Browns are going to win this game, it's probably going to look like the Cowboys score 
you know, in the 40s, high 30s. Uh, that's probably how the game has to look. And if the Browns come out ahead in a game like that against the Titans, you know, against the Cowboys, it's one thing because at that point, everybody was talking about how bad the Cowboys defense was. If they do that against the Titans, well, then, then obviously you win the game, but also you kind of serve notice to whoever you're playing in the playoffs that, yeah, our defense is having issues, but, you know, we're able to overcome it against a really good team. Okay, so the next question here. Uh, let's just assume, let's be really optimistic here. And let's assume that the Browns win their next two games. So they beat the Titans and then they beat the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Does it change your expectations for what this team can do this season? So, you know, for like my expectation would be, especially now at eight and three, you make the playoffs. We'll see what happens in the wild card round. I don't, I'm not expecting anything out of that game. It depends who they play, you know, whatever happens, happens, but that would be my expectation. Would, so whatever your guys' expectations are, would they change if the Browns beat the Titans and the Ravens, I'm, I'm kind of still trying to decide. So I want to, I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Uh, do, do these two games change that for you if they win? Scott, you go. I think I predicted the Browns would be like nine and seven and win a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. So if they win these two games, um, I mean, record-wise, I think my expectations with this team should make the playoffs. And whether their record is nine and seven or, or 10 or, you know, 10 or 11 wins. I don't think really changes that. Just the fact that they were able to get the playoffs, I think would meet what I was expecting. The Ravens game is tough because you don't know what that Ravens team is going to look like necessarily when they play them. But if it is the full, the full Ravens experience, um, I don't know. I guess I would have more confidence in the team going into the first round if they did come out of these weeks with, with two wins. Um, but I really... I hadn't really gotten to the point where I was expecting anything in the playoffs. I thought this team get to the playoffs. That's, that's good. That's, you know, that's the end point here. It's just getting to the playoffs and anything after that, you know, whatever happens, happens. I, I do think though, at least for me, if they won these next two games, I would feel more comfortable saying, yeah, you know what? And, and you know, unless they play the chiefs in the first round, they, they might win a playoff game. So I, I think that's how it would change my expectations. I would be, that would feel a little more realistic to me. Mary Kay, what about you? You know what? I, I feel the same way. If they win these two games, because that's what I've needed to see. I've needed to see that they can uh, hang with the better teams in the NFL. Right now, they've only got one victory against a winning team. So I do want to see more of that. And if I do see it this weekend in Tennessee and then against the Ravens, and again, we, we don't know what the Ravens are going to be when they come to town on December 14th. Uh, but if they can win these two next games, it does raise the bar for me. Uh, now, I did say uh, going into the season that I thought they should go nine and seven. And the expectation that I had was that they should win a playoff game. Um, but that was my more of an expectation than what I really thought might happen. Um, because like you guys, you know, I've been thinking, OK, yeah, maybe they'll make the playoffs and they run into, you know, a, a really good team in that wild card round and and that's it if they win these two games then i think we can honestly say that they can pretty much beat almost anybody uh except for maybe the the steelers and the chiefs right now uh so i i think that's where i would be with that i i would think okay now they've got a shot and they have a shot because of two main reasons the two-headed monster and miles garrett <laughs> 
So well, maybe that's three reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> those two guys together uh, make up, you know, one amazing aspect of aspect of that side of the ball. And then Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball, they, those guys make it so that they can actually hang with anybody. Well, here's something to consider real quick. It, so if the Browns win these next two games, you're assuming they're also going to beat the Giants and Jets. And then you have a week 17 game against the Steelers team, which very could well, could very well have the number one seed wrapped up by then and not be playing anybody. Right. Could the Browns finish 13 and three if they win these two games? <laughs> Possibly. Is that what we're talking about? Possibly. I mean, I, I guess that would suddenly be in play. I, I mean, it, it seems, it seems crazy, but yeah, I, I think that might be in play. Um, and, and listen, I think it's, it's, we've talked about this all season long. You've got to frame this a little bit in the schedule too. Now, you know, Baltimore certainly is, is struggling, but you know, Pittsburgh is 10 and 0. And part of that is because the AFC North gets to play the NFC East this year. You know, that, that has helped. So we're going to see some inflated numbers in the AFC North. So that 13 and three might be a little inflated. And I don't think any of us actually believe they're going to go 13 and three just before, before we go down that road. Uh, but Mary Kay, you did get me thinking when you said this team could maybe, if they, if they win these next two, they could beat anybody outside of maybe those top two teams. And, and you do kind of look at it. You see, well, Tennessee, of course, you'd have already beaten them in the regular season. Then you're talking Miami, Indianapolis, Buffalo. I just think you feel better about a lot of those matchups if the Browns just go out there and prove, hey, we can beat an eight and three Titans team and, and we can, whether you're taking advantage of a, a wounded Baltimore team or you're beating a legit Baltimore team. Um, I, I think you'd prove a lot uh, by doing that. Okay, uh, third question. And this actually, I was, I was kind of scrolling through some of our messages from Football Insider subscribers. And the assumption here is that the Browns are not a Super Bowl contender. So what do we consider a successful season from this point forward? And, and I kind of tacked this on, have they already reached that point? You know, we talked about expectations. I said this team would go eight and eight this year. I, I played it really safe with my preseason prediction and that they're already at eight. And I do think like, you know, even if for some crazy reason they lost these last five games, that would leave a really bad taste in your mouth. And you'd certainly have some questions about things, but I think there's enough there that you can say this team took some big steps forward. So, you know, assuming that doesn't happen and they end up nine and seven, 10 and six, this season seems like it's already a success, but is there, is there more to it that you need to see before it can be a successful season? Scott. It's already like, I think you're right. It's already a successful season. I think because they beat the teams they're supposed to be, uh, they've, you know, they, I don't think you can look at this season and say they've given a game away. I mean, the Raiders maybe is, is borderline, but the Raiders are challenging for a playoff spot and uh, it was just weird conditions all around, but, this team is already, I think, you can say they've already been a tough season because you got eight wins at this point, and you know, we're, every week it's like, when's the last time this happened? When's the last? You know, now we're looking at 2007 or 2002 and 1994, and we're going back in the record books trying to figure out when's the last time they had a start like this. So uh, that makes it successful. I think getting to the playoffs kind of puts a, a rubber stamp on that and solidifies it as a, as a successful season. But at this point, yeah, I think. The fact that you got this far with a defense that's had so many issues uh, is a big thing. The fact that the offense has an identity that even though it's had some struggles, it's proven that it's, it can score points. I mean, that's not an issue with this team really. So you've, 
kind of turn things around from where you were last year. And like I said, the biggest thing is they're just haven't really given any games away. And even if they don't beat the Titans and the Ravens and the Steelers and just beat the Giants and the Jets, that same that holds true. And they probably still make the playoffs. So I don't think it really matters what happens the last five weeks. Yeah, you know, I would say I'm sort of still where I was heading into the season, that a successful season would be a winning season, a nine and seven season where they make the playoffs. And then I also set the bar at winning a game. I actually think that making the playoffs would count this as a success, uh, you know, to come back and, and do something that they haven't done uh, with that 17 year drought longest in the NFL uh, to come back and make the postseason in this really weird year with no off season whatsoever. Uh, I, I would count that as a success as a success if they do um, make the playoffs because you know as we know they're, they're you know there's a chance that they're going to have to face a really really good team uh in the, in the first round so i'm going with that um and yeah i don't think they're there yet they still have to make the playoffs i mean if they go 10 and 6 and they don't make the playoffs i think that's a disappointment i think that would be a huge disappointment um, i don't see that happening but if it does you know, I think that's a, a real letdown. So the, the other thing that I would add, and one of the reasons I think I, I would call this a success regardless is I see a path forward from here, regardless of what happens over the next five games. I see, you know, I trust the guy, I trust the guy they have a head coach. I, I trust the GM, you know, I, you can keep building around this two headed monster at running back. You've got pieces on defense. There's work to do on defense, but you've got, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league in Miles Garrett. You've got one of the best corners in the league, I think, in Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, you have Ronnie Harrison, who was a pretty nice find for a fifth round pick, and you're hope hopefully getting Grant Delpit back. We'll see how he comes back off that Achilles. But there's a path forward for this team to continue being successful. And so I think that's why, for me, regardless of what happens the rest of the way, I just, you know, the big question is the quarterback, right? We're not going to go down that road in this podcast because we don't want to talk for the next two hours, but that's, that that's might be the biggest question coming out of this season. Uh, but you at least have a path forward to be a good team and a successful team, I think, long-term. Um, and you might have to figure out that really big elephant in the room down the road, but at least there's some structure and there's a path forward and you can trust a lot of the pieces you have in place. So that's why, that's why I kind of view this as a success regardless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We, Scott, were you going to say something there? Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. That peace of mind is a huge part of this. I was going to say that to Mary Kay saying that 10 and six, if they don't make the playoffs would be a disappointment. I think that would be a shock for one. Uh, it would probably come down to a tiebreaker with like the Ravens or the Raiders. So yeah, if they do go 10 and six and don't make the playoffs, then I probably change my thinking, but it'd probably be more just the fact that, I mean, it, it would be that they didn't beat the Raiders or the Ravens basically. And that would be kind of really disappointing for <laughs> 10 and six after all this, after everything looking like it's on the right path, it's, you know, 2007 all over again. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. And then when uh, we come back, we will ask one more question. I'm back on the orange or Brown talk podcast, Dan lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Scott Patsko, who came up with our final question for us here while we were paused. Uh, <laughs> Scott asked, who do we think will have more rushing yards on Sunday, Derrick Henry or the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Ooh, I don't know. That's a really good one because it is December. It is Derrick Henry season. Uh, but 
We know what the Browns have been able to do on the ground. <sighs> I think I think I'm going to pick the Browns on this one. I'm going to take the two Browns just because I think they're going to try and, and pound the football. I think they're going to be who they are. And I think Tennessee might attack a little more through the air. Uh, just try to get A.J. Brown some opportunities, get that play action game going, take advantage of that soft Browns secondary. Um, so I'm going to say just more out of circumstance, I think the Browns two guys line up with more rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been saying this the last couple of podcasts, and that is, you know, we all wondered how they were going to use Kareem and Nick together. And if we were going to see all these creative lineups with Kareem in the slot and split out wide and the wishbone and uh, the eye with one of them as an up back and all that kind of stuff, right? We, we wondered how this was going to play out. And what they have really done for the most part is let these guys uh, take a breather over on the sidelines when the, where uh, the other guy comes in and knocks you out. So, and then you bring in, uh, you know, the second guy for the knockout punch. So I kind of like the way that they've been doing it. It's not really exactly what I expected, but it's been very effective. You get to that second half, especially that fourth quarter, and these guys have such fresh legs. And I think that's where they'll have the advantage over Derrick Henry in this game, perhaps, is that, you know, he's going to have the full load and, and these guys will be able to change it up. It's good pacing. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you hit them with a, you know, a, a real shifty guy, you hit them with the power guy. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, two is better than one here. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, he had 178 yards against the Colts, had 133 the week before that against the Ravens. Um, I think both numbers are going to be high because really both run defenses are very similar, uh, the Titans and, and the Browns. And we've seen teams that who really want to run on the Browns be able to do that. Um, even the Eagles, who didn't seem to realize that they were able to do that in the second half, they decided, "Hey, let's have Carson Wentz throw the ball around." Um, even, even the, you know, even them, even that team was was doing well. So I think you're you're probably going to see, you know, Nick Chubb in that in that 110 to 115 yard range, Kareem Hunt in that 50 to 60 yard range. That's like ideally what you're going to see from those guys. But that is that's still a number that Derrick Henry can reach. So okay. I think it's going to be close. I think. I mean, whoever ends up on top is probably going to be end up being the winner. If Derrick Henry starts busting some big wins, you know, maybe it gets it. But I think it's going to be close. I, I don't know. I, I do agree with Mary Kay. Two's better than one. But I'm not ready to put down any money either way on this. <laughs> Derrick Henry does have a 200-yard game this season, too. Back against he Houston. Does. He rushed 22 times for 212 yards. And like I said, I mean, this is Derrick Henry's season right here. He's, in his last two games, you're looking at 311 rushing yards, four touchdowns. He had a 133 and a 178, like, like you mentioned, Scott. I mean, this is, this is when he starts to put up numbers for whatever reason. December comes and he just starts putting up numbers. This is when he chased down Nick Chubb for the rushing title last year. Um, so nothing would surprise me with this guy. If he went for 250, I would be a little surprised probably, but it wouldn't but, shock me. But then again, the Browns could go for 250 with, with their two combined guys. I do just think the one thing the Titans have is, and I just looked it up to make sure they are surprisingly good passing the football. They are 
second right. in passing DVOA on offense. And I do think they might try and take advantage of uh, some opportunities there um, and maybe, maybe take some carries away from Derrick Henry, but that should be a good matchup. What, I, I am curious that we might all say the same thing here. Which, which rushing situation would you rather, would you rather have? Oh, the Browns. And, and we can include the offensive line in that too. I think that's all part of it, right? You've got to include those five guys up front too. Yeah, I think Ellis, Ellis Williams declared the Browns the best <laughs> offensive line in, in football. So I think you got to go with them. I think the Browns have a really great rushing situation. I, I wouldn't, I don't think you would trade that for, for what the Titans have. Not at all. Now the passing game is definitely more efficient and more explosive than what the Browns have had, but running wise, I think you stick with the Browns. Yeah. I like the versatility. I like the change up. I like the, the change of pace. Uh, I like the ability to do so many different things with Kareem. Um, you know, I like to see a, a stiff arm on one play and then a hurdle on the next. So um, I, I would say the Browns, and especially if you're including the offensive line and all that. Yeah. I, I didn't think I'd get a different answer, but threw it out there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue against what the Browns have. And that's certlijk not an insult to, to Derrick Henry and what he's done. Okay, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere you get your pods. Uh, there was a new guy to watch the tape that went up on Tuesday where Ellis did declare. That was what he actually declared the Browns the best offensive line in football. And Scott, you broke down Terrence Mitchell. Uh, and you guys will have another one of those coming on Friday. And of course, we'll have our picks pod coming on Friday, which just continues to be a disaster for all involved. Uh, but that's all right. We're, we're going to bounce back. We're coming back. I promise it's happening. <laughs> So make sure you're subscribed to that. Check out Football Insider, uh, cleveland.com slash Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. For Scott and Mary Camden, thanks for listening.